Wanna play hide and clap? Happy 13th of September, Nightwings. You are now listening to episode 3 of the Horror Headquarters. Oh, lucky number 3. Known very well throughout the horror universe. 3 knocks, 3 a.m. being known as the Devil's Hour, the Holy Trinity, 3 claps, the list goes on. Of course, the most infamous being 3.07 a.m., which is seen throughout an iconic horror film that enriched my interest in the horror genre. A flick based on a true story discovered by two paranormal investigators, filled with bone-chilling jump scares, an average American family, and suspense that tugs at your heartstrings. If you haven't figured it out by now, that film is The Conjuring. Now before we continue today's episode, I wanted to announce the poll results on the previous episode. Now there was a lot of confusion, I just want to put this out there that this poll is only available on Spotify, unfortunately. I do not have control over that. None of the other streaming services allow polls at this moment. Whenever they do, I will 100% incorporate it into every single platform. But for now, it's only Spotify, so I'm really, really sorry about that. But just an FYI, Spotify is free to download. It's not costly. If you want to get a subscription, you can. But to listen to my podcast, you don't need one. And you can also vote on the poll if you make a free account. So definitely keep that in consideration for this episode that has a poll on it as well. Now the question was, what's the creepiest setting for a horror film? There were seven different options. Asylum, circus, cemetery, hospital, hotel, suburbs, and other. And the winner was Asylum with 12 votes which is very, very, very fair because the second season of American Horror Story is Asylum and that season was absolutely terrifying. But I'll save that for another episode. (laughs) Second place was Hospital with 11 votes. Third place was Other. Now, if you voted Other and you're one of the 10 people that did it, please drop in the Q&A what other setting would be the creepiest for a horror film. I'm very, very interested to see what you guys say. Circus was fourth place. Fifth place was tied with Hotel and Suburbs. And then seventh place, which I can't even, I can't even believe I'm saying this, was Cemetery. And the reason I can't believe it is because this poll was under the episode where I talked about how terrifying cemeteries are to me and how they leave me with a very unsettling feeling. I mean, if you haven't listened to the episode, go listen to it. But I'm just very flabbergasted at this response. But... If you guys want to vote on the next one, make sure to download a free Spotify account. Or if you have Spotify, make sure that your vote is heard because there is one under this episode. But I want to thank all 65 of you for voting on this poll that was on the previous episode. I also wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening. I'm so excited to announce that we've officially hit 100 streams, which is insane even to say. I'm so immensely grateful and I love putting out content for you guys. This is such a fun hobby, and it feels like a job in a way. I put a lot into this podcast, and I want to make each episode as amazing as the last. Balancing college and life, I'm doing the best to put out as much as possible, while planning some special things coming up. Definitely want to make a shirt that says The Horror Headquarters, and finalize some things for the website that's coming up. Overall, I'm just eager and excited to see what's to come for this new endeavor.
and I appreciate you all for listening. Here's the next 100 listens and beyond. The Conjuring is the inaugural film in the Conjuring universe, released on July 19, 2013, by Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. It's directed by James Wan and features stars such as Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, who play Ed and Lorraine Warren, respectively. It also includes a few familiar faces, such as Joey King, Mackenzie Foy, and Lily Taylor. The film grossed over $319 million at the box office, with a budget of only $20 million. The film received an overflow of positive ratings and rave over the suspense and dramatic scenes executed throughout the film. The main plot of the film surrounds a family that just purchased a new house, and as the days dwindle along, supernatural events occur that they can't explain. They plead for the assistance of Ed and Lorraine Warren, two paranormal investigators, to come and take a closer look, and they soon find out that the house has a history, and not a pretty one. Now the film opens up with an up-close shot at the Annabelle doll, while two friends explain that the doll is possessed, the reason being that they allowed a spirit claiming to be seven years old to move into the doll, causing events to occur that terrified them. Yeah, real smart. <laughs> I love this intense opening and how it gets more terrifying and uncanny as the story develops. Ed and Lorraine Warren, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, explain that the doll isn't possessed, but is used as a conduit so that it could take over one of the girl's bodies. The reason I mention this is because this scene then cuts to a large lecture hall, where Ed and Lorraine Warren are explaining the Annabelle case and how it was resolved. Soon, we see a roll of dialogue that explains the Warrens and a bit of their backstory, leading us to what this film is all about, one of their cases in Connecticut. The unsettling music combined with the dialogue and setting makes the film a hit for horror fans, and that includes me. Now, this is one of the first films, if not the first one, that gauged my interest in the horror genre altogether. What I especially appreciate and respect about this movie is the slow build that progressively gets more intense, more haunting, and eventually more terrifying to even look at. I mean, I can remember countless times throughout this film where I didn't even want to look at the TV because I was afraid something was going to jump out at me. But it truly is such a phenomenal film, and I just need to throw that out right now. I mean, it starts out with an average family moving to a new house. Everything's going well. However, the first thing that throws them off guard is the sudden death of their dog, Sadie. This inevitably leads to the bird slamming into the house, left with broken necks, clock stopping at 3.07 a.m., bruises appearing on the mother's body and increasing with everyday passing, and then, of course, the hide-and-clap game. Now, this particular scene is one of my favorites throughout the entire film that left me quivering and shaking, like seriously. This scene is what catapults the family to track down the warrant and seek their assistance, and it's one of the most horrifying to watch, in my opinion. Now, the mother wakes up to a noise. She gets up from her bed and witnesses all the frames hung up collapsing and shattering to the floor. She heads down to hear two claps and a piano playing in the basement. Believing it's an intruder, she attempts to lock the door to the basement, but it slams in her face, causing her to fall down the steps and into the piano. Recovering for a moment, she fearfully peeks around, and then a ball appears out of nowhere, propelling her up the steps while the light goes out. She attempts to light a match to see what lurks below, and is interrupted by a child's voice. 
The audio goes mute, and out of nowhere, a pair of hands claps to the left of her, and the creepy music resumes. Now, I love this scene because it's so intense and it's so crazy. There's just so much happening, and it kept me holding my breath the entire time. Now, there's so much more that happens in the scene, but it's that particular part with the clap and the like audio cutting out, and then the coming out of nowhere, which scared the shit out of me. I was losing my shit, like, for real. Like, I was so scared. Like, oh, I'm, like, getting flashbacks. <laughs> now, one thing leads to another. And the next day, Ed and Lorraine Warren arrive to find that a demon has latched onto the family. They get a crew of assistants to set up around the house to detect activity from the spirit. And you guessed it, they found more than they expected. A highlight in this scene is when Nancy, one of the daughters of Caroline, her hair starts to rise and she's thrown around the room by her hair. I was literally standing up during this scene in pure disbelief, screaming my lungs out. Now, again, this is another scene where it's quiet and then Nancy's hair slowly starts to rise and then the music insinuates and her hair is yanked and she's thrown around the room and eventually Lorraine cuts her hair with a pair of scissors. Now, before we get to my favorite scene in this film, I want to discuss one last highlight and it's when Lorraine is doing the laundry outside and she realizes a storm is coming. So she goes to grab one of the sheets hanging up and it slips away and it reveals an invisible figure that she ends up slamming into one of the windows. And then we see the demon haunting the family. Bathsheba is the name. A burn appears on the mother's arm because she's sleeping in the room where Bathsheba is and she awakes screaming. And Bathsheba floats above her, possessing her, literally throwing up in her mouth, which is disgusting. And Lorraine attempts to get into the room because she sees all of this happening and she knows something has gone wrong. And she's unsuccessful, though, because Caroline won't open the door. But she eventually opens it, acting as if nothing happened, and mysteriously walks past Lorraine, changing the subject. This entire scene is such a key part in the film. And it was executed so perfectly with the different shots and the cinematography and the directing. The sound was insane when Caroline woke up screaming. Complete shivers down my back because I didn't even know what was going to happen. Now I'm going to be jumping around a little bit. So please bear with me because I can't talk about this film for over an hour and I don't want to do that to you guys at least not in this episode specifically I just want to point out some specific scenes and this right now is my favorite scene in the entire film now what I love about it is that it's so intense and there's so much that happens and there's multiple different scenarios happening at once and the camera cuts multiple times to a situation happening outside in the basement in the kitchen there's just a lot to really take in through it all now the best scene in the film is when Caroline, now Bathsheba, because Bathsheba has completely taken over her body, or at least 99% of it, tries sacrificing two of her daughters. Ed and Lorraine catch her in the act, and in an attempt to take her to get an exorcism done by a priest, the demon won't allow Caroline's body to leave. And if she attempts to leave the house, then Bathsheba will kill her. She's then thrown back into the basement, and they attempt to restrain her in a chair. Realizing the condition Caroline is in and knowing how far away the priest is, Ed makes the rash decision to perform the exorcism himself. 
He's never done it before. There's so much happening in this point of the movie. One of the daughters has gone missing. An exorcism is taking place in the basement. And the other daughter is in the car alone as birds fly into the car in the house windows. The scene is so overwhelming but amazingly terrifying at the same time. One part that leaves me shaking is when Caroline coughs off blood and Bathsheba's face is revealed as the sheet rips in half. And then, silence. It seems as if the exorcism worked. Or at least I thought so. What ends up happening is that the chair holding Caroline levitates. It flips upside down and it collapses to the ground. A bunch of stuff starts falling off the walls and glass starts shattering and Ed is nearly crushed by a drawer. Caroline, still possessed, sits up hysterically laughing, which is freaking terrifying. Are you kidding me? Someone possessed is laughing? I'm leaving the room. I don't don't care. Now, at the same time that this is occurring, April, the youngest daughter that's missing, is found under the kitchen floor by Drew, who is one of the tech guys that helped set up the equipment in the house. When he shouts this, Caroline, or Bathsheba, hears it, grabs a large pair of scissors, and crawls to April's location and attempts to kill her. Lorraine runs upstairs to the kitchen and Ed follows Caroline. This line forever sends shivers down my spine and just thinking about it is just very unsettling. Ed shouts out, Bat-Sheba! Like, very intensely. And when he does it, the audio cuts out, Caroline shifts into the demon's form, and we see Bat-Sheba. And there's this intense music that occurs. That like it's he's she's finally being revealed. Like this demon is finally showing its full face, its full figure for everyone to see. And it will forever send shivers down my spine. Now I know I keep saying that, but there's so many parts throughout this film that is so terrifying where things happen out of nowhere, and it's when the audio cuts out where it's the most intense. Now Lorraine attempts to get through to Caroline as Ed is condemning her back to hell. She does this by reminding her of a happy memory in Caroline's mind. Heavenly music starts playing and Caroline is finally freed after vomiting. Very disgusting. (laughs) She steps out into the sun and all her bruises and marks disappear. Happy ending, right? Well, for this family, yes. I want to take a moment to discuss how well this film was executed and specifically this scene because we have so much different things happening at once and it's all going back to the exorcism happening in the basement. Now the acting is phenomenal. It's out of this world. Lily Taylor specifically, she's the one that plays Caroline. She does an amazing job of making all the sounds, noises, grudges, movements that would happen if someone were truly exercised and were going through pain. I can only imagine how tiring it was to create this scene because obviously there was multiple takes, unless they did it in one take, which I haven't seen an article about. But if they did, that would be phenomenal because there's just so much occurring in this one tiny scene, but it's so detrimental and important to the overall arch of the film. It's just created in such a way where the directing, the acting, the makeup, the setting, the cinematography, it all comes together in this beautiful way. 
that makes it so scary and horrifying for the audience watching. Overall, everything about this scene is mind-blowing. And as the exorcism was going on, I felt like I was sitting there watching it all take place. Like this was a presentation happening in front of my eyes. And I didn't want to take my eyes off because I truly felt like it was happening. And I felt the energy, the intensity, the story reaching a climax that was waiting for it to be resolved. And it just wasn't in sight. Now, the film ends with Ed placing a music box in his room of artifacts, that of which the hide and clap boy appeared in from the reflection earlier in the film. We also hear Lorraine in the background discussing a case in Long Island that needs their attention. Now, for all the horror fans out there, we know what case Lorraine is talking about because we've watched The Conjuring too. But for those who haven't, she's discussing the Emmettville case that took global news if you don't know what the Emmettville case is, search it up. Now, after Ed closes the door to his room of artifacts, the music box starts creepily playing music after the last line of dialogue, and the camera closes in on the rotating mirror. The music stops and blackout. Ugh. A freaking work of art. Also, side note, I love the ending credits being that it shows the actual family that underwent this case, as well as the real Ed and Lorraine Warren. It just adds a sense of realness to the film, if that makes sense, because obviously a lot of people don't believe in this kind of stuff, but they have the documentation, the information, photos of everything that occurred. Obviously, everything in the film isn't exactly what happened in the case. It's over-exaggerated for the horror film to get the attention of people watching. And there's also some things they didn't include. Another thing that I enjoyed about the ending credits is that it shows the newspaper articles with headlines referencing the warrant during this case. And I just have to constantly remind myself that these movies in the Conjuring universe are based on true stories, as I just said. And it's just crazy to think about. Overall, this film still gives me a feeling that no other horror film can. It's so hard to explain it. The acting is top tier, especially with Lily Taylor, as I mentioned, who plays the mother, Caroline. No idea how she wasn't even nominated for an Oscar. Like, that still leaves me, like, blindsided. I'm like, how? How? There's also so much stuff that happened behind the scenes, but I'll save that for another episode where I do an even deeper dive into it all. Now this film is a must for horror fans, and is very well known as a towering film in the horror franchise. It launched a universe of other films that cover the Warrens cases, as well as films that connect to the Conjuring franchise in some way. The film continues to haunt audiences across the globe, leaving them restless at night and fearful to turn off a light. We have reached the end of episode three, Nightlings. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much if you got this far and for listening to my crazy analysis and review of The Conjuring. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at The Horror Headquarters and on Twitter at The Horror HQ. The website is still being worked on, but I'm so excited to get it up and running. There's so much more to come and I can't wait to show it all to you guys. 
Make sure if you're also on Spotify to vote on the poll below this podcast and to also drop any questions you have in the Q&A, any recommendations for horror films, any feedback, whatever it is. I read every comment you guys leave. Thank you so much. And until next time, tread very lightly and pray for forgiveness from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Midnight hour is approaching. Thank you.